This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win, order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Jerry Taggart here. Now be sure to watch Chris and Lester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on you foxes! Hello fellow Fox fans, just when you thought it was safe to uh, get off the computer and go and jingle your bells, we're back. Me and Craig, we both had um, a little bit of a break, a bit of a drink, something to eat and probably taking a quick Viagra as well to keep us going. This is what you're watching. You are watching Leicester Till I Die TV with Chris and Chumps. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. All you need for everything Leicester City FC. It's Leicester Till I Die TV. Leicester Till I Die. Now available on Spotify. It is, and it's the second show of the evening, so I'm not going to go. You know where we are. If you don't know where we are by now, 
what stone have you been living under? They're all, they're all, they're all that way, that way, there we go. <laughs> they're over there somewhere. Where we are, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Periscope, and uh, Leicester Till I Die TV on YouTube, and Postmatch, Spotify, Google, Apple, and many, many, many other podcasts, which you can find on our website, www.lestertillidie.com. Uh, forward slash podcasts. So let me bring in if 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 I'm going to be the father Christmas, I'm going to bring in my elf, and let's hope he's not playing with his elf. And uh, it's a good evening from me, and it's a good evening from him. Good evening, <laughs> good evening, Craig. Good e evening, Chris. Here we are again. A little costume change, and we're back. Uh, the we are the the vaccine to all that anti Lester chat on Sky. <laughs> And we're here giving you a double dose. And uh, I think we should have our own show on Sky, don't you? But um, and shh, yeah, that would be this isn't a costume change. This is a completely separate day. It's a completely different show. <laughs> of course, it is. You know, but I must admit, looking very festive. Looking very festive now, Craig. Thank you very much. Never let it be said that I haven't let the Christmas spirit get to me. No, no, you, you can never have too much Christmas spirit, usually with a little bit of ice and a bit of a mixer. <laughs> we've Perfect. just, we've just, in the previous show, on a previous occasion, on a previous day, we were looking at Man United. We've just got a matter of this coming we up were. on the 28th. Now, this is going to be really, really hard to look at because obviously we've, we're doing this before we've played the next game, which is Man United, and obviously a lot of things can happen in there. Um, but we've got Palace. Um, uh, let, me just get, let me just get these these figures up here, guys, for you. This is on the 28th, and this is the one I thought the Boxing Day one was on Amazon. This is a 3 p.m. kickoff on the 28th, which is... Um, of December, is that a Saturday or a Sunday? The 28th, oh, it's a Monday. Uh, 3pm kickoff, and that one is on Amazon Prime. So uh, a bit of a, a break from Sky over Christmas. We've got BT and Amazon, who actually quite like us and do do give us a mention. But let's have a look at the history, Craig. That looks a bit better than the uh, Man United one. 73 played, 28 won, 27 lost. It's a bit, uh, bit closer, that one. Wow. Wow, we we finally got one where we've uh, we're ahead in the games won. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, so we had to dig right down to it to it uh, to find Palace to do it. Um, yeah, in the Premier League, um, sixteen times we've played. That's a bit closer. Well, the, the other one was close, wasn't it? There was only one in it. Eight yeah. times we've won. Six times they've won two draws. Um, yeah, and what, what happened last season? We won that. We won this. Can we play Palace all the we time, please? Or can we listen to the preview show all the time? Look at that. 3 0, we beat them, and we actually beat, although in fairness, we did play them twice before lockdown. 3 0 at home, 2 0 away, we won. Um, this game's away. Um, you've got to be feeling a bit more confident because it is away. We do seem to be playing better away from home, don't we? We do. We do seem to play uh, better away from home. We've got a fantastic away record. Eight out of nine victories away from home, which is um, unheard of for us. But this will be a tough one, I think. Um, you know, Palace, Palace are tough at the best of times, I think, uh, last year. I think it was a tight game, if I remember rightly. I think Soyuncu scored in 
the away game. Um, and obviously we're still missing him. Palace on their own turf, whether there's fans in or not, is always a tough game. I know Liverpool made them look very, very ordinary uh, the other day, but it was a funny game because Palace played pretty well in that game and, and they could have scored themselves. It's just Liverpool's finishing on that day was was devastating. I think they only had something like nine shots on target and seven went in, but there were some fantastic finishes. But again, you know, a lot of those goals were scored against Palace on the break, which should give us optimism um, that we can get something out of the game. My only sort of trepidation, I guess, is the the kind of team that we we will put out there. Um, I think coming so soon after uh, the Man U game, he's going to play a strong team against Manchester United. I think if if you had to sacrifice one of these games, I think when in olden times, you know, when we were struggling down the bottom end of the table, you would have said we would sacrifice the Man United game because we need to win against the teams who are going to be down with us near the bottom. So we need to concentrate on beating Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. I think we're now in a totally different situation. I think the game that we need to concentrate on winning is, though, again, the one who's going to be in and around us in the table, and it's going to be Manchester United. So I think the Manchester United result is, it may sound strange, is the more important one, that we get a victory there. I would sacrifice a victory against Palace for one against Manchester United, because at the end of the day, Man United are going to be the ones who are going to be higher up the table and challenging us for European spots. So, And I, I think Brendan will go that way as well, I think he'll he'll put a strong team out against Manchester United, and then ring quite a few changes against Palace two days later. I th- well, we'll find out if uh, when you put your shoes on later, if 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 you do the same. I mean, it's weird because the next game we've got coming up is a team that's just won uh, six six two, was it against um, against yeah. Leeds, and then after that, we're playing a team that has just been. <laughs> by Liverpool. I mean, you know, when you're looking at the form there, um, mm-hmm. we, again, we've we've actually <laughs> pretty play. I mean, yeah, I mean, okay, we've got more victories, but they've got a couple of draws, and we know we can't draw for love and the money. But um, mm-hmm. they're going. I mean, I, I know they've got another game like we have, but you know, they're going to be up for it, having lost that seven nil for quite a few games, aren't they? I think so. It'll be interesting. Maybe uh, maybe one of the viewers can uh, let me know who Palace have got on Boxing Day because obviously that will have uh, an impact on the team that they put out as well. If they're playing mm. someone who they think is going to be more important that they beat, um, someone in and around them in the, you know, I know they've they've probably got their own ambitions of being, you know, on the edge of the the European places. But I think to be honest. Uh, mid-table is probably about right for Palace. Um, so they may be looking at uh, who they've got on Boxing Day and thinking that's a must-win for them. And they they put out their strongest team and make changes as well. So it could be you know big changes for both teams. Um, so it's a really difficult one to, to, to judge about how it will go, to be honest. Just looking on Boxing Day, Palace are actually, I've just brought it up here now, they're actually away to Aston Villa. Okay. So yeah, that, that, so that, that won't be that won't be an easy game for them. No, no, not, not I'm going to bring all, Andy. Man. I'm going to bring Andy's comment. Uh, Brad has just mentioned uh, that. Uh, keep up, Brad. Be a bit quicker. Come on, what are you doing? <laughs> but, uh, and Andy's brought the point up, and it's a good question. Why do we play better away? And I'm going to 
throw this at you because it's something I think you brought, I think it was yourself that brought up a while ago when we were talking about Madison's form, is that, you know, he, he's one that likes the crowd there. He plays the crowd, like you said in the, in the Man United show previously, he's a bit of a showman. But with Leicester... I, you know, we've got the clappers, and you love or hate them. Personally, I, I love the clappers. I think they create a great atmosphere. We, I think we are missing that at home. I, I agree. Um, I, I love the clappers too. You know, I know there's a lot of people around around me where I sit who who don't use them, but they. Um, I, I think they add to it. You know, and, and teams have tried to replicate that. You know, when they've been going through through bad times, and I think one of the teams who who played recently, who only had a couple of thousand fans in. Uh, I think they gave them all clappers as well to try and get a bit more noise around the stadium. You know, we were the first to do it. You know, others have copied, but it is part of our atmosphere now. You know, it is. Yep. You know it's looked on as a bit of a joke by some of the commentators or whatever, but it, it does help and it does build that atmosphere. And we, we weren't known for having a great atmosphere either back at Filbert Street, or particularly in the early days of the King Power. And it wasn't until, you know, those clappers came in and it, it almost encouraged the rest of us to, to make a bit of noise yeah. uh, in that stadium that people talked about it being an intimidating atmosphere. And But I, I, I think we, we definitely missed that atmosphere and some of our players struggled to perform without it. I can remember um, not long having moved into the, um, what was then the Walker Stadium, Lightening it to the um, the, the Port Pie Library, <laughs> two similarly shaped buildings, both of which didn't generate an awful lot of noise. Um, you know, you can say that you know it. it moving from Filbert Street, where you had your you know your, your pens behind the ground, behind the goal, etc., it was split up. Those those you know a lot of those were split up in uh, different parts of the ground. I think it does make a huge difference. I really do, like you say. Uh, and you can carry it on longer than you can clapping um, without getting sore hands. But nobody's replicated it. Like you say, nobody nobody does replicate it. Guy here saying, and I don't know who it is, Facebook user, Rogers get the gets the tactic right one week and gets it wrong the next. I, again, I agree. I, after the Everton game, I, I accused us of being the, the hokey-cokey team. We, you know, we win one game, we lose one game, and we're just going to get ready to shake it all about. But when he gets it right, by God, does he get it right? Yeah, and, it, and it's, he seems to enjoy that, that sort of tactical masterclass, I think. He puts a lot of thought process into it. But as, as that Facebook user says there, you know, when it, when it doesn't work, it doesn't work, you know, in, yeah. in, a, uh, in very strong, strong way that we don't, we don't look like getting back into games when it looks like we've we've lost the momentum. Uh, we we come back to that uh, thing about the, the 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 strength in character of of coming back um, away from teams. I think teams do come on to us, and I think it plays into our hands a little bit. We we have strength in the right areas. Our fullbacks are very strong in terms of getting forward. So when you're playing away and teams are coming on to you. It gives you that opportunity to attack on the on the counter a lot more. Um, at home, obviously, you know teams do sit back a little bit, and we struggle to break them down. We don't seem to play with the same intensity at home without the crowd. Um, so it's it's a strange one. And you're right, you're saying we you know we take two steps forward and one back, but 
I don't think we're alone in that this season. Most teams, I don't think there's anybody really, maybe Liverpool uh, recently, I don't think anybody's stringing results together. You know, you've only got to see Wolves over the last uh, few weeks as well who've dropped away. Everton did it. Everton had a great start, dropped away, and now they've come back. And I think that will continue to happen. I think the key is that the players, the management, the fans keep faith with what's going on and, and the bigger picture, as it were. And, and we don't get too down on, on the odd little setback because we are going to get that. It's how we respond to it that, that is the key. Yeah. And it does, I mean, you know, a lot of people have said, well, you know, again, they're on these vast amount of money. They should be able to play whether there's a crowd there or not. And technically, hmm. yes, they should. I used to work in sales and at one point I was sat on my own. The desk next to me was empty. There was a guy sat down. I'm still good friends with him, Simon, uh, that, that joined the company. He actually worked on a different section but was actually put on the table next to me. And just having that person next to me with a bit of banter that we had, and although we weren't selling on to the same things, the the uh-huh. it, it created a bit of you know oh you've got to say I better get you know and and it does and it is the same as that and I've worked at home for March and it is difficult to to motivate yourself as it is as when you've got people around or, or work colleagues and it's got to be the same for the footballers haven't you? It has to be because you know the fans play a hell of a, an important part not just in supporting the team but giving you stick when you're not doing it as well. You know, you know, some of our, let's say, lethargic performances at home, the home crowd would not let that happen. You know, they would be singing yeah. um, the old um, get into them and uh, I think it's messed them up, something like that anyway. Yeah, um, some, 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 along, along those lines, yeah. The, you know, it's a family show. Um, yeah. But that's, um, uh, we know that, uh, you know, the fans don't accept uh, us playing at a pedestrian pace they do get on and that level of insurgency uh, of urgency makes it way on its way onto the pitch and the players generally respond to it and i think you know if you're not being pushed you know you are pushed by your your teammates and, and the management if you're not being pushed in the same way by the home crowd then you know percentage uh, of your performance will drop and, and we know that that happened uh, on the comeback uh, after lockdown, your your performance only has to drop five ten percent, and it can make a hell of a difference at the, this level. Let's take a quick thirty second break, and then we'll come back and we'll just have a look at some of the comments that have been posted and uh, and answer those. Back after this. Hi, Alan Smith here. Be sure to watch and listen to Chris on Leicester Till I Die TV. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels. Of the Foxes! Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas, everyone!
Yes, Merry Christmas. And if, if my daughters are watching, can I just say, I do not want a mug. I said last year, I do not want a mug. And Heather and Hannah, my daughters, got me that. I just, we're, we're talking off air, and I don't know if I can get the camera around, if you can see those, but how many mugs have I got there? I mean, they just, I'm going to have to get a mug tree just to put them on display. I tell you, I, uh, I have enough mugs if my daughters are watching, and I know one of them does. But um, <laughs> it's getting close to Christmas now. Christmas, great Christmas present, and we'll come back on to Palace in a minute, but just leading on to the questions yeah. that people are throwing at us here. Um, the training ground, and the guy, a guy here said, or say a guy, a guy or a girl says, I hope new training ground makes the difference. I mean, it's got to, hasn't it? For 100 million, if it doesn't make a difference, then someone's getting sacked. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean... You know, the, the pictures that we've seen so far that are admittedly appear to be leaked, um, but they, they, they must be loose. It, it looks fantastic, you know, yeah. and uh, any player has got to be excited about going to work in that environment uh, on a daily basis. And uh, as you touched on before, um, on a previous show um, earlier, um, then, uh, you know, you know, it. It's got to attract, surely, you know, when they when they bring players around and they look at the yeah. stadium now, plans for the expansion of the stadium. But, but looking at that training facility, people have to be excited about it. Yeah. And, you know, if we can if we can get another top six finish this year, consecutive top six finishes, that level of, uh, of training facility, you know, people have to start taking us seriously as, uh, as a top six, top seven, top eight, whatever it is these days club but a club in the upper echelons of probably the strongest league in the world it's very difficult i think as a football owner and we're very lucky in the fact yes okay we're not a man city and we're not a man united you know that sort of money but you know we're not a west brom you know we're not a rochdale we're not a, you know those sort of clubs we we are up there if you know we're in that next tier when it you know we've got really really Rich owners are fantastic owners. We we know all that, but they've just got it so right. I mean, you know, you inv yeah, you got to, you have got to invest in in players, and you know they they are in an industry that is suffering worse than a lot at the moment with the COVID. Being in the tourism industry, uh, they're still investing. They're still giving us money to spend. You know, I, I must admit, when we started when we paid forty million for Tillemans, I thought, is this going to be the start of us fifty, sixty, seventy million players? It hasn't been. We've gone back to the twenty. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. We've dropped back down to buying players for only twenty million. You know what? What's that? But you know, this, this is Leicester, and I can remember Martin O'Neill saying that when he used to sign players, they used to bring them into, um, used to bring them out onto the Filbert Street pitch backwards so that they couldn't see the uh, the, the shed on the yeah. other side, and they came out looking at the big stand. You take a player to that to, to that facility there. Man City's the fairness is the same. They, they've got a great training facility. They are going to be impressed, haven't they? They've got to be. And, you know, this, uh, our owners, you know, we've said it before, and we'll continue to say it, are the most amazing owners uh, that any football uh, team could wish to have. And not only are they just great owners, they are very, very, very astute owners. They make the right decisions at the right times. They will get one or two wrong. We will have one or two players 
for whom it doesn't really work out. That's not really the owner's fault. And managers but as they've, well. They've in exactly. You know, they've invested in the right areas at the right time. They put investment um, into the playing staff first to start to build that success. They put some investment into the ground to, to make some tweaks there, improve the, the match day experience. Those huge screens that we have now are fantastic. The new lights that went in last season. And then at the right time, they invested in the training ground, which uh, which is just, you know, I'm sure it can't be bettered probably around Europe, to be honest. Um, and have a model of buying young and selling for profit. Yes. It's a, it's a model that's worked very well for Dortmund. And in many ways, I think you could look at us uh, as a Dortmund uh, of the Premier League in terms of the way that we're going about it. We just need to build that over consistently over a number of years. Atletico Madrid, again, another one. Um, and some of the Portuguese teams who, who do it well, they, they churn players out. They get them in and they make profit, but they buy quality to replace what they're selling. I did, I did liken us in, in um, a recent show, as you said, to um, Piers and Susanna. And looking at the split screen there, it's just dawned on me. I don't know if anybody actually watches Good Morning Britain, but it is very Good Morning Britain-ish. But I have to say that you are having a few slight problems with your camera there, Craig. You do keep your voice is carrying on, but your uh, your, your your picture's freezing. So if my hand goes across like that, I'm actually not putting it up yeah. the bottom or anything like that, and you're not being my ventriloquist dummy. But <laughs> it does look like I am working you at the moment. Um, but hey, well, uh, <laughs> he has got a smile on his face though guys just just uh, look at that uh, bright lights entice players like drink water to Chelsea look what happened to him we need the right players which we have we don't need bad apples that is very very true uh, but we've still got to entice you know the players we're going for and let's take Fafana as the prime example you know if, if Liverpool come in for him and we come in for him we've got to accept you know, Liverpool are the bigger draw. But then when he comes and he sees that, um, you know, the, the stadium, he sees the new training facility, we're, we're not the small club anymore. You know, we are the big club and we, we can compete and, and get those sign-ins. Uh, somebody else here, I think he's, you know, now we've got the new training uh, pitch, are we going to sort of practice on taking corners? It has improved, which, again, we spoke on a previous show about Madison... Uh, coming back into form. Under was brilliant when Madison wasn't playing and under started with his free kicks in his corner. He was actually getting them past the first man. Last game, Spurs, it was very much the short corners. But Madison, when he was doing the long corners and the free kicks, was at least getting it past the first man now. Yeah, I think it's clearly uh, an area that's been uh, highlighted. And, you know, there, there has to be a certain amount of embarrassment as well by the from the from the players perspective madison mm. you know most watch that you know they watch back these games and i'm sure that you know we all have banter i'm sure that when that team is watching those uh, games back he's getting mullered by the rest of the players for those corners for not getting past the first man mm. so i'm sure he's been working at it and he's concentrating a little bit more it's not just us who give players stick i'm sure the players give each other as much stick as we give them Oh, Julian Watts has um, 
referred to that when he's done the post-match show. Yes, they uh, they do uh, remind each other of things that they are getting wrong. Um, Mark Gatwood, and we've done that one. Uh, Mark Gatwood here. Um, it's Gatti. Uh, Roger is stubborn in change during the game. Having said that, we have missed the full-backs. Probably not wrong there. Uh, players want trophies, Andy. Of course they do. But are they going to get trophies? You know, are they if you want trophies, ambitious clubs want trophies. Ambitious clubs back that up with the good background structure. You know, it's no good having a fantastic cover to a book. And when you get inside, it's the rubbish read. You want the whole package. And that's what uh, that's what we're coming to. Um, and you need to start looking for Vardy's replacement. We, we know we do. We know. Hopefully, we've got a, we've got a special coming up. Leads me very nicely on to the special that's coming up on the 30th of December. Uh, the myself and Mark, we're going to be looking at a transfer um, special. And on that one, because the transfer window will be opening pretty much quite soon after that, 1st of Jan. But we'll be looking at what players we might be shifting out to give us space, time and money, uh, or space and money, to bring players in. Um, so, Fafana is amazing on his day. Never die <laughs> again, though. And I think, oh, I'm, the, I'm jealous of the fact that he's got hair to dye. You know, that's the, that's the thing. Uh, but, yeah, I think, I think, and we'll just very briefly touch on this, Craig, um, before we go back to Palace, because it isn't that far off now, the transfer window. It's going to be a very important transfer window for Leicester because it was such a bad one last January and it possibly, possibly cost us that Champions League place. Because obviously, you know, I believe, I believe Ryan Bennett is available again, um, should, uh, should Brendan wish to go in for him. But we've, have we got to make signings? And if we do, very briefly, I believe we're going to have to release a few to bring a few in. Um, I think it's always nice to to have a couple of signings just to freshen the place up. However, you know, I, I'm not sure January this year is the right time to do it. You know, the season started late. Um, we're only just starting to get a settled side back now. We've still got players to come back in. You've got to ask yourself... Is it worth spending another 30, 40 million uh, um, to, to, to buy a player who may not even get into this side? I think you have to look at the side when everybody's fit. Where are the weaknesses? Yes, we need backup in certain areas, but I don't think you get those in January, to be honest. Um, you well, might I just you might have ventriloquist bit there because you froze. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. So you might uh, you might flesh it out a little bit, maybe by getting some strength in depth. But when all all our players are are there, I'm not sure we could strengthen without spending a hell of a lot of money. To be honest, so yeah. I expect January to be fairly quiet. Maybe there may be another centre half in, in the offing. I know we're being linked already with uh, with one of the the guys who played for Braga. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not expecting a particularly exciting uh, January window, to be honest. You see, I, I, for, again, I, I'm going to disagree with you on there uh, in the nicest possible way because I think, I think if we don't spend anything in January, if you know, if we just, I mean, like you say, we have still got players to come back. Of course, we have, but we've seen how we have 
long-term injuries that we've had, the players that have come in have done a really, really, really good job. Um, mm-hmm. But we know that, you know, like Fuchs, he's played more games than, you know, he's the poor guy. He's knackered just in the warm-up now at the moment. He's played for so so many. Uh, Stephen, like he said, they need a big target man up front. I mean, yeah. So I think the money's going to go. I think we'll be okay. We need to get rid of the deadwood. We do, but I think by getting rid of the deadwood, Slomani, possibly Inacho, Gray, that will release the funds. Because I'm I'm just worried that if we don't do anything this window and we fall away again as we did before, knowing that fans aren't very forgiving, I I personally would not be happy because we it happened last it happened last season. If it happens again this season and because we haven't bought players in, you can't you can't do it twice and then not expect heads to roll. No, but I don't think uh, I don't think a lot of that was necessarily down to the fact that we didn't have the personnel. You know, I think it was just an attitude for whatever reason. I mean Ricky P went out of that last villa game injured and didn't appear again i'm not sure we missed that many other players through injury and what i would say is as i say how much money are you going to spend on someone and then tell him that by the way you're here as a squad player you're not going to get in the first team because as i say who who would you drop out of that first team when everybody's fit maybe maybe a center half so that's why i think maybe there, there might be a little bit of squad padding but I don't yeah. think you're going to get big signings coming in. I'm not saying they should be big names, but, you know, because, of you, mm. like you say, <laughs> we know the players are going to be in there to, if if they're fit. And to replace those, we yeah. are going to have to be talking, or to get better than that, so we are going to have to spend big money, which we haven't got. The owners haven't got at the moment, I don't believe. Uh, you know, not only with the training ground, but with the COVID situation. But I do think we need, you know, more cover. You know, to say that our, our main two defensive centre back, you know, cover are, are in the mid thirties in Fuchs and Morgan. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's it, it it frightens. Benkovic might come back in. I don't know. But anyway, like I say, it's going to be an interesting January. And uh, we will say, I think we are getting to the point, and I've got to be honest with you, I'll hold my hands up. I fall into this category, you know, it's a transfer window we should buy. But uh, we yeah. didn't last year, and we, I believe we paid the price for it. I remember one transfer window, Spurs not buying anybody, and it backfiring on them. But, hey, in Brendan we trust, in Brendan we trust. But... Getting back, that's in January. Before then, the last game of the year, we have got um, Crystal Palace. Now, I've got the table here, so it's a bit of a waste of time because obviously we've we've got another game uh, and things can change. And and that's a silly thing. You know, look, if you look at Spurs, a couple of weeks ago, they were top. They are now down in six. Uh, Palace are down there at the moment in 13th. It can change very, very quickly. We can't we can't take them lightly. We know in the last couple of seasons they've given a couple of they've whipped our arse a couple of times, let's put it bluntly. Yeah, and I don't think that's because they have any better players. I think it's because they play with a greater intensity. Uh and you know, when we come up against teams like that, we often struggle because we, we get out fought. You know, we, we want to play our nice pretty football, but you have to earn the right to play your nice pretty football and, and teams like Palace don't often 
give you that opportunity. I mean, if you take the seven goals away um, that they shipped against Villa, they've let in uh, 18, which is not a lot. So, you know, usually games against Palace are pretty tight. Uh, you know, there's not usually more than one goal in it, I would suggest. Um, but we've got to we've got to match their endeavour for a start. We've got to match their work rate and their physicality uh, before we, we even start to play our football. Um, I thought we did that better against Spurs than we had done in the past. And, and, and I think Wilf coming back is, uh, is, is a big part of that. He gives us that physicality. The danger is here. Do we have the, 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 the squad that can do that on a quick turnaround? And uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I think it's going to be a very, very tricky game, this Palace one. I think we've got a bit of an advantage there because we have had to switch our squad round so much because of the injuries and because of Europa League Thursday, Sunday games, Premier League. <laughs> Brendan's kind of got that right a lot of the time, hasn't he? He has, to be fair. You know, we have had dodgy results, but uh, in terms of the, the Europa League uh, games uh, and switching the squad around, he's, he's done a great job there. You know, we've got the results where we've needed them. Um, so you can't really argue against him there. You know, it's just that we always look, don't we, with um, mm. with criticism at any game we lose. You know, yeah. you know, we could have exactly the same uh, squad, team, play exactly the same way and we get a lucky bounce and we won that game and we wouldn't say anything. The fact that we've lost a couple of games, we look at everything, we criticise everything, what could have been done differently. But at the end of it, he's managing the squad pretty well. Um, there's still uh, the odd little uh, decision that, that bemuses us, shall we say? Yeah. You, 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 I mean, yes, you're gonna. I mean, I, let's face it, we're fans, we're never going to be happy, you know. If, if Pep, I mean, you know, I still can't believe, and I, and I do follow a Man City channel because the guy does a lot with me when, when we play each other, um, at City Fan TV, and I mean, I can't believe, you know, you've got Man City fans calling for Pep's head. You know, I mean, he's, he's a guy, you, you have, you, you know, you've got to say occasionally, you have a bad season. It happens, you know, shit happens and yeah. you, you, you work through it. But Brendan doing a really, really good job. Um, will Benteke miss the game? I don't know what the position is, whether you, you know what's happening with Palace, but hopefully. <laughs> he, he got sent off um so he missed the last game but it was for two yellows so my understanding is it was he was only missing one game so he'll be back yeah. and uh and that level of physicality is something that i've uh, i've tried to um take into account with the team that i think brendan may go with which again craig we are we are becoming almost professional here it's almost like I know. Uh, People will actually start to think that we rehearse this. <laughs> that does lead us very, very nicely on to our formation and lineup, which I've got to be totally honest with you here, Craig. I gave you the chance because we're a game in advance here because of Christmas and, and you know, we, we want time away with our families and what have you. I was going to let you off this, but no, you, you've gone for it like a, like a brave soul that you are. Um, Having made just the one change in the last show for the Man United game, which was bringing under in, what what are we going yeah. to do for for this game? Um, 
well, this this team has changed so many times already, and it will probably be change change again. It's a really really difficult one to call, and I'm looking at it now, and I'm still thinking maybe I've made one change too many. Um, mm. But let let's go with this, and then we can uh, we can discuss. Can um, I can I can so, I get? Are we starting with Casper by any chance? We are going to start with Casper. I don't think he needs a uh, he needs a rest. Uh, I'm going to keep uh, James Justin in. Yeah. And I'm going to keep Fafana in. Yeah. And I'm going to switch around the left-hand side of this defence. Um, I think uh, it may be, <laughs> again, you're, you're going to laugh at this already. I think this may be the one where Morgan gets a game. Let's put it that okay. way. Um, I think two two games in, in two days with Johnny Evans... Um, injury issues that he's had when he gets a knock, I think he may try and give him a rest. And I think Morgan up against Benteke, uh, that physical battle, I think may be a, a decent fit. And then I think um, I think it may be too much to bring Castagna back into two games in two days as well. The, the, the last thing we want is for him to get a recurrence of that injury. So I'm going to bring Thomas in down that left-hand side. So it's a, okay. it's a back four of Fafana, Morgan and Thomas. Looking at that, Casper, um, yeah, he goes without saying. Um, I see, and and you, you made a very good point earlier about the physicality of Benteke. Um, mm. And with Morgan, you, you, you've got that back, haven't you? Exactly. I mean, he, he relishes a, a physical battle. I think with him and Fafana, you've got two more physical centre-halves than we could soon to would have been ideal. He would have loved coming up against Benteke, I'm sure. But I think yeah. Morgan gives you a bit more physicality than Evans would. Evans could get bullied around a little bit by Benteke. Uh, and even if you played Fuchs in there alongside him, I, th I think that may be a little bit dangerous as well with Benteke's prowess in the air. I think the important thing with, if you're playing up against people who are good in the air, like a, a Benteke, Andy Carroll even, the thing is to get tight to them and give them a nudge before that ball actually reaches their head. And I think Morgan's a, a master at that kind of thing. So I think this could be uh, the, the right game for him. And I am going to contradict myself from what I was saying earlier regarding the transfer window because I'm, 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 a host. I'm allowed to contradict myself. I, my role is playing devil's advocate here. So I can, I can, always, I can always change my mind and move on. But no, what I was saying about bringing players in in January on the flip side we've got the youngsters which we've always we've always been good at sort of bringing the youngsters through um mm. you look at some of them and you think yeah we've got to buy players we've got we must buy players as I was saying mm. earlier is it bad if we don't buy players and yet you've got the likes of Chowdhury that's coming through and young Luke Thomas you put mm. him in and you're not worried about well I'm not worried about him you know he's <laughs> since he's been brought in he's done what's been asked of him and more he, he, he does I think he's he's got a little, little bit to learn about um, mm. his positioning he, 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 if he gets caught out at all it's usually on a crossfield pass that he's tended to misjudge in the air uh, but I, th I think that comes with coaching that's, uh, that's not a, a, a talent or a skill and I think he gives us the ability as Justin does on the, the left-hand side, to, to get forward when the opportunity arises. If we're going to play on the break, 
he can carry the ball and he gets higher up the pitch. Um, so I, I, I think, you know, he has to be given some game time because, you know, there are going to be occasions when you do need him um, yeah. and he, he needs experience as well. So again, as I said, you know, I think the Man United is the more important of the two. We should be looking to come away from Palace with no no less than a draw. Um, but I think Thomas uh, in there would do a decent job. I think the threat, for me, the threat with Palace is, is predominantly down the left-hand side with Zaha uh, and Eze. I'm going to ask a controversial question here. And I'm going to ask for an answer as a straight yes or no. Um, Thomas, can he be better than Chilwell? Sorry, I, you broke up there. He said, giving himself yeah. more time. Can, can, <laughs> can Thomas and Chilwell had his haters? I know. I I, I love Chilwell. Uh, you know, you don't get to be England's first choice left back without being half decent at what you do, despite <coughs> what some of the boo boys hate. And you know, he, he had a goal in him as well, giving you a bit more time here talking along. Thanks. Can Thomas? Can Thomas, yes or no, be better than Chilwell? Every, see, every time you say that question, you break up, Chris. All, all I get is, <laughs> can Thomas, and then you break up. And do you want to write, write, write stuff on here? So you got can Thomas, okay. Be yeah. better. Be better. Than Chilwell. Than Chilwell, yes. Um, and you want a straight Is yes it, or no? Is it yes or no? Yeah. Um, as it stands now, I'm going to I'm going to go with a no. Right. But having said that, from a straight <laughs> yes or no, um, he definitely he can. But for me, he needs more physicality, and and he's still young. <laughs> and that, that's a pair of scissors, just so you can cut those splinters out of your bottom. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I, okay. I, let's say yes, because but I think he needs he needs more physicality. He needs to grow into his body. I, I guess he's yeah. still a young kid. Um, yeah. And, and as, as that one says, there he needs more seasons. If he yes. progresses the way that he has so far, then yes, he yeah. can. Because I remember Chilwell was pretty raw when he came in. Yeah. Um, yeah. He developed. You know. So he does have all the uh, attributes to be a, a, a successor to Chilwell. But we've got, we've, It'll be we've got to be happy with the fact that we've got players like that ready to come through that we don't have to go out and sell and spend exactly. a fortune on. Back to your team. I mean, presuming yep. that you're still going for the four-one-four-one, I'm guessing it's Indeedy yes, sat in front of the uh, uh, those four. Um, is he being given? You're not giving him a rest, or are you going to go stick with Indeedy? I, I think I think Mendy will come back in, to be honest. Yeah. Um, again, I think, you know, coming on the back of injuries, um, I think, you know, indeed he's had two, three games now, full pelt. He gives it everything when he's on the pitch. And I think Mendy's done a decent job uh, of filling in. And I think it's not the strongest area of the pitch for, for Palace, for mm -hmm. me. Um, you know, they've got um, MacArthur and McCarthy, uh, in there, I don't think they're they're great there, and I think Mendy uh, Mendy will uh, will come in there, and indeed he'll I'll, I'll have a rest. And what what I will say is the changes that I'm making here, 
when you look at the strength of the bench that gives us, it does give Brendan the opportunity to make any changes uh, if we're if we're in the game uh, and we want to go on to win it. And with the season we're having and the way he's been playing, I mm -hmm. don't have any fears about bringing Mendy in. To be honest with you, yes, you know, indeed he's indeed he, and he, you're always going to go for him. But you know, I, I, Mendy's again done everything that's asked of him and more. And then the midfield. Yeah. So midfield, um, I'm going to bring all Brighton back in um, for under yeah. on the right to because as I said before, I think that that right hand side is is the strength or the left hand side. Sorry, is yeah. the strength of uh, of Palace and and uh, we always seems to seem to have problems with Zahar. You know, he picks the ball up deep and he runs at us. Uh, and I think having all Brighton there to try and either stop the supply or to double up on him will. Uh, will benefit us uh, greatly. Um, I think we should still play Barnes on the left-hand side as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, Because, I, I mean, he's young. He should have enough games in his um, uh, in his locker. I mean, if you would say anything, that may be an area where we don't have a lot of um, cover for Barnes if you want an, at an attacking left-hand side player. Um, so I'm, I'm going to play Barnes again there. And uh, in the middle, I'm going to play Pratt. And then I'm going to play uh, Perez, playing just in behind. I, I did have okay. Vardy, but I think he'll, I think he'll put Inacho in, in for this game. I must admit, if anybody did hear a bit thud then, I think that might have been Brad that's just fallen, <laughs> fallen on the floor. And uh, and and banged his head at the the thoughts of Perez starting. Yeah, I mean, if if the Perez that played so well the other day turns up, yeah, that's fine. Mm. Inacho scares me uh, because I I, I mm. just don't think he's what what he could be. Um, mm -hmm. You've got to give Vardy a rest, like you say. I mean, he, he made the comment, you know, in, in the in the post match game against Spurs. He's getting on a bit, and what have you? Uh, yeah. You wouldn't know it to, to look at him sometimes, but yeah, you've you've, you've yeah. got to protect him. You you know, it's like Alan Shearer when he got older. You can't drop him, but you play him. Yeah. But you've you've got to protect him. My worry is, I, I I was so excited when we got Inacho in, and I thought Inacho mm -hmm. and Vardy, the speed of them two, they're just going to scare every defense in the league found out they can't play together at all um but like you say who else have we got there you know prove me wrong prove me wrong in, in uh, Kalechi. Well, prove me wrong indeed you know i, th I think uh, yeah. i think he's got i think in in terms of you know they're quite big and physical and i think inacho's got good feet he's got quick feet and i can see him if we can get the ball into him in and around his feet he could be drawing quite a few fouls uh, which would play into our hands as well. Uh, Stephen there, great analysis, lads. Thank you very much, Stephen. You're more than welcome. Thanks for joining us again on YouTube. Uh, looking to see Barnes and Thomas uh, hook up on the left as they complement each other. They, they did the other night, certainly. Uh, and thanks, say thanks for the compliment there. Like I say, I, I, I so want Inacho to, to prove me wrong. It's hard being in Vardy's shadow. Of course it is. And like you say, I, if he does do that, Let's hope he plays to Inacho's strengths where and doesn't 
use in Acho in the Vardy role, which we know, you know, in Acho can't <laughs> play in that role. Right, we are going to be having a look at um, a certain classic game in one second, and we will be back after this. You are watching Leicester Till I Die TV with Chris and Chumps. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. All you need for everything Leicester City FC. It's Leicester Till I Die TV. Now available on... Hi, this is Chris from Leicester Till I Die. Thank you for watching and listening. Have a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Don't do anything I wouldn't enjoy. I will eventually get you to that delay. I really will. Right, let's go. At, first of all, at the score predictions. Um, forgotten this. Palace against Leicester. Classic uh, Jamie Vardy, Eagle. I, I, I love that and... Um, I think that uh, will be remembered for many years. Uh, Steve Walsh, as always, well, we've, we've all, all four of us, all four of us think we're going to win. Um, Steve Walsh, 2 0 to us. Steve Linux, 2 0. Ian Marshall, 2 1. He thinks we'll, we'll let one slip. I've gone for a great big 3 0 because I, I think it can be one of those games when we, we might might just turn it on a bit. Uh, it might even be more, but I've got for Conservative 3 0. Um, and I have a feeling Craig might be going for a 3-1 or a 3-2. I, I, don't, I don't know where you've got that idea, Chris. It's, no, it's not no, like no. I mention that every week, to be honest. Um, I think you're very bold there with a, with the a 3-0. Um, personally, I would temper that just because of the team that I think we we, we may put out. Um, it may be that you know they've, they've got something to prove, uh, some of these players, and they go out and put on a great show. I think it'll be a cagey fair. I think it'll be, you know, it may be pretty dull, to be honest. So I am going to go for a victory, but I'm going to go 2-1. 2-1. I've gone for 3-0, purely on the basis of not picking an Acho to start and having Vardy on there for at least uh, at least a minimum of 30 minutes. He does like to score against Palace. Now then, still watching you've stuck with us very very good the viagra's kicking in and we're still going here for the second show of the evening um i'm just i'm just waiting i am just waiting for uh craig's hat to start going straight here we go <laughs> that's it i was gonna say yeah the the, the viagra has, has definitely kicked in there yes yeah. My, mine just flopped off completely <laughs> i've just gone hey hands free Fair what enough. can i say you know, I uh, I actually I don't know if you uh, I did actually have problems with my mobile phone earlier, but I had to delete all my German contacts. Now it's hands free. Come on. <laughs> have you got any other crackers that you yeah. you want to you want to pop while you're there? Get some more gags. I I could pop my crackers all night, given the chance. But I think I like to quit while I'm uh, I'm still not too far behind. <laughs> we have got a classic match um, that Craig is going to discuss with us. Palace versus Leicester classic match. And a bit of fun. Guys, you're still with us. Join in. Get ready for this question from Craig. Exactly. Now, this is this is going to take us back a little more, uh, a little further than the Manchester United one that we did in a previous show that was on a different day. It's almost <laughs> like we're Graham Norton pretending that we're, that we're recording this on a Friday. Um, exactly. Um, so I'm I'm going to run you through the team, uh, the starting team again of this classic match, and I'm going to ask you to tell me who I have left out of this starting eleven. So I'm going to take you back to a an amazing game, 27th of May, 
1996, Wembley, playoff final, Crystal Palace, Leicester City. Won in the most dramatic of fashions in the 120th minute, the last minute of extra time, um, off Claridge's shin. Sorry, mate, I am not laughing at you there. I'm laughing at the fact your hat is still straight up. <laughs> this is good stuff. I haven't, I haven't skimped on this. You, you, know, you, you, you've got top top boots own brand, have you? This is you, you've got the full, full Viagra. quality pharmaceuticals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, mate, do carry on. I'm just, it's just making me laugh. <laughs> I do, I'm going to have to do this for a bit. I'm going to have to do this for a second. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, you're, you're trying to sort yourself out now, aren't you, Chris? Don't, I hope you're not getting too excited by the sight of my erect hat. Um, so, <laughs> so, Leicester City, two, Crystal Palace won at the end of it. You know, a fantastic game. And, uh, yeah, I, that, that's for me to know, Stephen. Um yeah, Claridge wins it in the 120th minute after we um, sub Kevin Paul, the keeper, um, for uh, for Kalach uh, with the impending penalty shootout, which we never needed. Anyway, going back to that great day, anybody who was there, anybody who was watching it, you do have to be of a certain era. But I'm going to give you the starting lineup, and Chris and everyone who's watching, can you tell me who I've missed out of this starting lineup? I'll probably so, say no because I couldn't do the last one on the other show that we did, uh, 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 you know, the other day. Yeah. So, Kevin Paul, yes. Simon Grayson, yes. Steve Walsh, Mike yes. Whitlow, Gary yes. Parker, Muzzy yes. Izzet, Neil Lennon, Scott Taylor, Emil Heskey, and Steve Claridge. Who is so, missing from that starting line? Kevin Paul, in, Kevin Paul in goal. Yeah. Whitlow, Grayson, Walsh, Parker. Is it Lennon, Taylor, Heskey, Claridge? Yep. Now, what I'm going to do there is I am actually going to um, message you privately because I think I know who this might be. Mm-hmm. But without shouting it out and see what people say. So I don't know if you've got my private message there. Yeah. Um, I mean, so it is the playoff final when Spider Kalich, who um, the famous Dracula goalkeeper that when he did play for us was always scared of crosses, but went on, in fairness, I think, to play for AC Milan. <laughs> I think he did. He, uh, and it's um, coming on in 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 defence. Did you get my message, by the way, Craig? Ah. Oh, you've messaged me, have you? To to uh, yeah. I, uh, I sent to you a tell me who message. you think it is. Yeah, I sent you a private okay. message on here. No, on on, what, on the stream yard. Ah, right. Okay. Yes, yeah. I've seen. So I've seen got, that, and got, you and got, you are you are correct. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've got uh, Kevin Paul in goal. Great goalkeeper. Loved him. Uh, we had Whitlow, Grayson, Walsh and Gary Parker. Again, I loved Gary Parker, one of our great players. I mean, it was a great team. Is it Lennon, Taylor? And then, of course, Heskey and Claridge. Claridge with the shin, which he now obviously denies 
that it was his shin, but <laughs> just the fact that he had to say something. Nobody has got it right yet. Nobody's got it right yet. So what player is missing from that starting eleven? Come on, guys! You could have even googled it by now. You know. <laughs> <laughs> what are your uh, What are your recollections of that? Uh, that and, and what are anybody's recollections of, of that day if they were there or watching on TV? Because for I me, it was just there. one of the, the most amazing moments. Yeah, I wasn't there. Um, I, I was watching it on the on the on the telly, and it's my, my wife. My wife thought I was having a heart attack. Sort of. 30 odd years before I did actually have a heart attack. But I mean, when that goal went in, I mean, it was the timing. It was, um, I, I can remember when they swapped the goalkeeper and they were lucky to, to have the time. They only just got that, that swap in. But I can remember the, the commentator being su surprised because they said Kevin Paul, he, he was quite short, Kevin Paul, but he wasn't bad at yeah. stopping penalties. But, you know, Kalich was obviously six foot, seven, whatever he was, absolutely um, filled the goal. And, uh, yeah, when that went in, it was like you you knew that there was no coming back. There was absolutely no coming back from it. And we'd been disappointed so many times. Now, I can remember driving. I lived in um, Burnley at the time, driving down to watch Leicester be beaten by Swindon and then driving all the way back yeah. up. And that that was a long. That was four hours that I never spoke to my wife. And my, I said to my wife, "Do not speak to me for this whole journey." It's the longest she ever went quiet. Um, but <laughs> it was. I think you can win a game. You know, you can win get like you know. Let's look. Let's look at the nine nil when we beat Southampton. You can win games like that, and they are brilliant. You can win games like that, and one you know with the last minute, and it's just in a lot of ways more exciting. Yeah, I mean, if you could choose any way to get promoted out of the championship, you know, a last kick of the game winner at Wembley is surely the way to go. And I think, yeah. uh, interestingly enough, if I remember correctly, Palace did exactly the same the following year. I, I can't remember who they played, but I'm sure uh, there was a guy called Hopkins, I think, who curled one into the top corner in the last minute of, uh, I think it was extra time again or, or normal time, but it was their last uh, second goal that they got promoted the following season. So uh, they had the downside of it with, with us, but they had the flip side and, and got uh, got promoted the following season via Wembley. Just an amazing game. Yeah, it, it, it was. It was. Um, last chance, guys. Paul in goal. Uh, and the rest of the 10, Whitlow, Grayson, Walsh, Park, is it Lennon, Taylor, Heskey, Carriage. Who is missing from that starting 11 in that playoff victory over palace i got it right have we got any have we got any wrong guesses yes we have uh we've got a couple of wrong guesses here uh we've got no correct guesses yet so i'm, I'm going to win the prize i'm going to win the 500 pounds you've donated craig <laughs> um yep. they beat sheffield united the following season apparently but that's uh Brad may know that, but he doesn't know who the player is that's missing. Um, I don't know who this is. I was there. My ex-wife was called. Oh, was called a word by steward. They had to manhandle me out, and I'm not violent. She is of Polish descent. There's no, there's no need for any of that from any stewards or or anybody like that. And I think the fact that we are trying to kick it out of the game uh, is is the best thing that can happen. 
So, um, I think somebody, as I can see, I think has just been on Google now because his first answer was wrong. Uh, well, his first two answers were wrong. There's only been one, but he's been brave enough. He's the only guy brave enough to have a go at it. Guppy wasn't, and we all love Steve Guppy. And uh, Elliot, it wasn't. Uh, finally, yeah, you've got it right. And the guy that now actually comes on to Leicester Till I Die post-match show when he's free, Julian Watts. And I believe he headed it down for Claridge's winner, didn't he? I think he did. Uh, yeah. You could probably check with him when he's next on. But uh, out of that lineup, it it had to be uh, Watts, uh, our very own good friend of the good friend of the channel, Julian Watts. Yes, yes, very good friend of the channel. In fact, I'm just looking here because um, again, Julian Watts did um, do the the favourite things. I think it was a case that it, it's gone down officially as somebody else. But he uh -huh. claims he, it was him that actually headed it down. I, I can't find it just now, but uh, it did. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was Julian Wall, well, a good friend of the channel, does the post-match yeah. show. Um, feel, feel, free, feel free to, to mention next time he's on that, uh, that Brad didn't remember him. We will give Brad <laughs> so a little bit of leeway. I've got to be honest Brad, with you. Brad was probably about four. <laughs> In fairness... I'm not sure. We, there's a couple of Brads. If it's our Brad, I will remind him. But it might be Brad Hicksy Hicks. So it might might be him. I think it might be the other the Brad Hicksy Hicks because he, he's not signed in. Okay. Stephen, uh, you see, in fairness, well done for owning up. It <laughs> well was done, Google. Uh, uh, it's not often I guess I got I got the uh, Manchester United one on the previous show on the previous night. I didn't get that at all. <laughs> But I understand I did get that right, and I did get it without the use of Google. Um, Stephen, uh, Facebook user, didn't Julian Watts get a few own goals? I'm not sure. I know um, you might be that might be Frank Sinclair, who at one point I think was leading the goal. Yeah, yeah. I, I can say he's, when it comes to own goals, it's Frank Sinclair who's the one to be. Yes. <laughs> I was three. <laughs> there you go. I think that is the. Uh, there we go. That Brad Hicks you there. Well, thanks for joining us, Brad. Yeah, uh, Frank Sinclair, the king of the own goals. I think, in fact, he topped the scoring charts for a while in that season just with own goals. You know, but uh, Craig again. Piers Morgan to my Susanna Reid. Thank you so much. You're you're still erect. Proudly erect there. You're not. You're not. <laughs> you're not becoming flaccid at all. <laughs> I am very impressed. Thank I think you. somebody's going to have a good night tonight. <laughs> Craig, have and I know. I know Christmas is is absolutely um, for to, to to cop this year. Enjoy yourself. Do the best you can in having a good Thank time. You very much. And stay safe, and um, we shall see you in the new year. Yeah, I'd like to wish uh, wish all Leicester City fans, everyone watching, and Leicester City fans everywhere, um, a really happy Christmas. And let's look forward to a fantastic 2021. I think it's going to be a good season. Check us out on um, Christmas Eve. On if you're not doing anything on Christmas Eve. Uh, at one o'clock, I'm sure there's nothing you can be doing as exciting as watching us. I will be on here with um, Mark, 
Um, hopefully, if he's, he's, he's come out of hospital okay. Our best wishes go out to Mark, who does the European and transfer shows with us. He's um, He's been in hospital and might be having to go in for an emergency operation, or if not, it will certainly be a post-Christmas operation. So, Mark, if you're watching, mate, from Craig and myself, all the best. Um, yeah. And hopefully uh, your, your catheter will not overflow it, as they say. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> hope you'll be okay he'll be joining me though he says quite uh, confidently on christmas eve one o'clock when we'll be looking at the season so far so uh picking out our, our best bits out of the season uh but craig like i say it's been great mate you are your knowledge is good because i have none at all thank you so much for everything you've done and for joining us twice this evening yeah this evening twice this evening chris <laughs> Well, we won't, we won't, we won't, we won't say too much. Yeah, we, can, we, we can only push the charade so far, but thank you. It's we, been great we, as always. We can. And let's quit while we're ahead. I, I might, I might struggle to do it twice tonight, but definitely not three times. Greg, thank you very much, mate. You stay safe and have a really good Christmas. Guys, we will be, well, I will be back tomorrow night. Yep, you, you not got rid of me that easily. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, we are going to be doing the opposition view with a Manchester United fan. Uh, finally managed to get hold of one. He's going to come on, do uh, the show with us. Uh, I'm sure I might have to press that Harry Maguire uh, play button again on, on, on the video clip. Uh, 7 o'clock, Man United, opposition view. 1 o'clock, Christmas Eve. With Mark, the season review. And of course, do not forget Boxing Day, half an hour before kickoff, here with Josh doing the pre match show, 40 minutes after the final whistle, the post match show with Brad. What more could you want other than Lester Till I Die for Christmas? Guys, it's been a pleasure. If we don't see you before Christmas, have a good one, stay safe, and just do what you can. All the best now, and hopefully see you tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Good night Hi, now. This is Chris from Leicester Till I Die. Thank you for watching and listening. Have a very Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Don't do anything I wouldn't enjoy. Thanks for watching Leicester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Shut up and sit down. Thanks for watching. These videos are tremendous. You'd better like them too or I'll be back. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. 
or your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.